Welcome to the Bruins Vendors Podcast. It's Season 3, Episode 6, our centennial episode, Episode 100. And it's brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at inside underscore the underscore rank. Download the Inside the Rink app. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and the like button, if you will. You can get all of our content right there on YouTube. Smitty can tell you how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can sign up for ESPN+, Plus by going to Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+, Plus and I love all the college sports, UFC, and now NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN+, Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any Bruins action. One last time, sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. P-N. And Maddie and Smitty are here with you. And, and some quick Bruins notes. Milan Lucic out a couple of weeks per Jim Montgomery with a lower body injury after taking that shot in the foot. Lower uh, uh, Yalko Blauko is, put, uh, is out about a week with a fracture and some swelling around the eye. Uh, Danton Heinen was practicing this uh, this morning and on the fourth line. Patrick Brown was sent down and then recalled from Providence and Ian Mitchell has just passed through waivers and will probably be sent down to Providence. Yeah. Some, uh, you know, Lucic, uh, tough break for him, you know, takes a shot, geeky scores. So, uh, I guess, you know, not all bad there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he kind of gave that fourth line a little bit of an identity and, and without him, they struggled a little bit there with Patrick Brown inserted. Uh, and then, uh, Lauko, Jesus, uh, lucky. Cause, uh, cool. you know, takes a skate could have been in the eye might have lost his vision, lost his eye. So uh, really lucky uh, that he's only going to be out about a week. And then, uh, you know, Heinen, I, I think he'll he'll add a little bit. He's like, we've talked about it before. He's he's no great shakes or anything, but, uh, you know, he knows how to play. He's responsible defensively, and he can chip in offensively. So, uh, you know, I'd rather have him than Patrick Brown. Uh, but with Lucic and Loco out, you need them both. So uh, Heinen, Brown, and... And uh, Beecher will be the fourth line there. Uh, and then Mitchell, I, I didn't think he really showed very well at all in the games that he was in. So I don't mind seeing him uh, go somewhere else at this point. Yeah, his, his analytics were rough, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Yeah, they were. A lot of, a lot of pink and red uh, <laughs> in, that, in those charts. And uh, yeah. so Ian Mitchell had two games, wasn't very good. Um, you know, obviously good insurance. They seem to have some depth on defense. Uh, Zaboral's still sitting around. I mean, so they have some guys who played in the league. Uh, so I guess a guy that, uh, good to have around. Nobody has any cap space. No one's certainly going to use it on Ian Mitchell. So good to have him down in Providence, I guess. Yes. Um, and then the Danton Heinen thing. I mean, I'm not as big a Danton Heinen guy as everybody else seems to be. Uh, he's fine. But this is a defensive uh, first team now, your Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he definitely fits well in that sort of scheme on the fourth line, which will only play 10 or 12 minutes anyway. Uh, so that's, that's fine. We'll see what kind of deal it is. And they'll have to play some salary cap gymnastics there with people. Um, but he'll be there for a short time and then probably have to be sent through waivers when other guys get healthy again. Um, you know, and we'll see, but, um, and also I want to get your thoughts on frozen frenzy. How did you like that whole experience? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to the NHL doing that again. 
you know, uh, or doing it a few times a year or however they want to do it. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I like the, you know, whip around action kind of thing, taking you to when there's, when there's goals and games or exciting moments. So, uh, I don't have any problem with any of that. And I thought the coverage overall was pretty good. I think Bouchgras and, and Kevin Weeks both do a pretty good job, uh, you know, around the league. So yeah, I was happy with it overall. I thought it was a, a pretty good take for, uh, for hockey fans. You know, I'm I'm all, I would be okay with a frozen frenzy on New Year's Day with the Winter Classic being the headliner. Ooh. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, I I liked it too, and I think you know doing something like that can only be good for the league. Sure. Uh, so I I I liked it. I, people were all in an uproar about the scheduling and how there's no one game here and then 16 games and one other game. I mean, they have to highlight. You have to give teams. You're playing all the teams in one night. You're not going to play all the teams the night before or the night after. Right. So, so I don't know what people are all bent out of shape about. Yeah. They're trying to highlight their new thing. So, you know, that's that. It needs to be kind of standalone. So I don't understand what people are all bent out of shape about it. Yeah, you want everybody um, to play back to vax the next day too? Yeah, yeah let's go. Let's go sixteen so games. Yeah, let's go sixteen yeah. games, and then we'll go ten games and get twenty yeah. teams back to back. That's yeah. a great idea. No, That's I mean idea. they they handled it fine. They handled it well. The people that were complaining that there was only one game the next night obviously didn't didn't watch the night before. You fucks. No, no, so no. Uh, you know, settle down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I just I thought it was a little bit of an unnecessary criticism. Yeah, for them. All right, uh, weekend review, and the Bruins had that four-game road trip started on the West Coast at San Jose on October the nineteenth, and a three-to-one win. Now, twelve straight wins over the Sharks. That's one shy of the longest active streak in the NHL. Linus Allmark, twenty-six saves. Uh, Van Riemsdyk, Pasternak, and Marchand were the goal scorers, and a decent start. Um, although they didn't play particularly well in any of these games, I thought for, no. for parts of it, um, a grinding win for them. Yeah. And I think this is what the season's going to be. Uh, you're getting a preview there out on the West coast of what the, what the year is going to look like. It's going to be grinding when they're going to frustrate you at times when they don't play well against bad teams. Um, but their defense is solid and their goaltending is, is really, really good. Probably the best in the league, you know, best tandem in the league. Um, so, you know, that's how they're going to have to win games and, uh, it may not be pretty at times, but uh, they got the job done, and they got the two points, and, and they did it throughout the road trip. Yeah, I'll tell you, last year was a different year where the puck moved, and they scored tons of goals, and they seemed to blow teams out all the time. And it was a really you know, exciting brand of hockey, entertaining, sometimes not you know, the, you know, for the week of heart, you know, they, they would, you know, give up odd man rushes and, and play an open style, but they had enough talent to blow people out. Mm -hmm. This year it's going to be much more tighten it up, grind it out, you know, trap in the neutral zone. Dare I say, you know, just a really, their defense is good and deep. Their, their goaltending is excellent and their forwards have coached well, to play good defense, good bat checking. I mean, David Pasternak backtracked a couple times the other night. I mean, that's that says that they're really making an emphasis on it. So this is how they're going to have to play to win. And it might be, dare I say, a recipe for success in the playoffs. Because if they play this way, this is more of a playoff brand of hockey that wins in the postseason. I agree with you 100%. I think, I think it could be, uh, you know, getting them ready 
for the postseason when you really kind of have to buckle down and protect leads and and you know pay attention to the defensive details and and you know their penalty killing has also been excellent. That's another thing. Come playoff time, that they they'll really need uh, and and able to win games. Then so uh, yeah, uh, a promising promising beginning, uh, even though they haven't really played up to their potential at this point. For sure, a 96% on the penalty kill in a second in the league. I think it's just given up the one uh, power play goal so far. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, 10-21. It was at the Kings in L.A., probably the best team on their schedule yet. A 4-2 win. Brad Marchand, two goals. Parsonak and then Morgan Geeky has his first as a Bruin. Jeremy Swayman solid with 32 saves and the same kind of rinse and repeat from the Bruins. Yeah, it was very similar uh, type of game. They didn't play particularly well, but, you know, found ways to win and, and scored goals when they needed to score them. And, and Swayman was excellent in this game. Really, really good uh, to hold the Kings kind of off the, off the score sheet. Uh, well, not off the score sheet, but, uh, you know, to only two goals on 32, 32 saves, 34 shots. Yes, Kings Kings are good. I mean, they're a good team, and uh, I think it was Anze Kopitar's record-breaking game, too. Yes. Uh, it was 12.93 or 12.97, something yeah. like that, approaching 1,300 games, and it's a good quality team, and the Bruins have had a favorable schedule, and this was the one game I thought that they would drop, to be honest. I thought that they'd go into L.A. and lose. They've had, they haven't had great success against L.A. here and there. Seem to be a bigger, heavier type of team with some speed, and not the greatest matchup for the Bruins, but they get the win nonetheless. Back to back nights now at Anaheim on 10 22, a three to one win. And Matt Patra was a story. Eventual game winner, two goals. Linus Allmark, 30 saves. Not the best effort, but again, a nice, another, you know, grinding win against a team that's young and struggling to score in Anaheim. Yeah, I thought the Bruins looked kind of uh, slow and kind of out of it uh, for the most part. And then, you know, they get the goal to tie it, uh, you know, being down one nothing and then and then Patra with the uh, with the goal to put them up two one. And and uh, it really uh, if it wasn't for the kid, I don't think they win this game. I mean, he you know, he was the difference. He and he brought some enthusiasm and and he was he was the difference in the game and, and allowed them to to get this win against, you know, a kind of young uh, Anaheim team that was probably tired of losing. I would say. Right. And here's the good news. This is the second night of a back-to-back on the West Coast, and Patra played maybe his best game of the trip. So, you know, you're thinking about wearing down, and and uh, we had some, you know, questions about it, uh, you know, leaving Boston, and, you know, didn't have the greatest game in the last game in Boston, and looked like he might be, you know, sensing some, you know, the physicalities kind of getting to him a little bit, but he had his best game in a second night of a back-to-back, uh, and then went to the two nights later at Chicago on October the 24th, Bruins 3 nothing win, and he has an absolute highlight real goal, blows by the defense, shows his speed, shows his finish, all in one motion, um, and it was a, a terrific goal, shout out for Swayman, and the Bruins trailed for just a minute and 24 of the entire road trip. That's pretty good. That's a recipe yeah. for success, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, get a lead and get a lead and hold on to it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what you're looking for from your team, even though I don't I still don't think they've been starting great in games for the most part. Um, but 
they're finding ways to win and uh you know they're getting a lead and clamping down and and uh and playing you know solid defensively and the goaltending's just been been really really good uh we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh yeah a really nice finish to the road trip they looked again in chicago like they were kind of slow and and it was the last game of a road trip they didn't seem like they had the focus mentally i thought marshan and pasnak both were terrible in this game couldn't even really complete a pass like puck was like exploding off their sticks and they just didn't play well and it was really you know kind of the the supporting cast that kind of uh helped them uh grab this win so uh uh that's an encouraging sign and a nice way to end the road trip I mean, it, it might not be something they do because of their depth, but I'm not opposed to giving Marshan to, to a night off, second night of a back to back. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. Like I, he's getting old. He's off two surgically repaired hips. You know, I I wouldn't mind him every once in a while on the second night of a back to back or on the end of a road trip like this just to give him a scratch and give him a night off because you really need to preserve him. And I and I get a little concerned because I think you see his age at times. Um, so I, I would keep an eye on that. I, I wouldn't be, again, if you're up in the standings and you're pretty comfortable, I, you know, I wouldn't mind just giving him a night off and, and uh, throwing another guy in there and just seeing if he can win a two to one game and move on to the next game and, and get in and, and preserve him a bit. So, I don't think they'll do uh, that, but I would, I wouldn't be opposed to them limiting his minutes some, you know, instead of right. playing him 20 minutes a night, play him, you know, mm-hmm. 13 minutes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then, you know, you still have the ability for him to, you know, if you need him to break a game open or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I, I they probably wouldn't right, outright scratch him. Cause I, you know, he's the captain. I don't right. think they would do that, but um, right. I, I really could see them trying to preserve him by kind of limiting his minutes in some of these games. And the ice time uh, makes me think of this. It's, it's interesting. David Pasternak's time is down a couple of minutes from last year. He was at 19 and a half last year a game and he's at 17.55 per game now. So that's, I think that's helping him some because last year I think they played him too much at times. I think, I think so too. uh, I think it caught up to him at the end there. All right. Seven chirps is brought to you by lops brewing lobster brewing and tasting room in downtown with socket Rhode Island specializing in small batch ales and lagers open seven days a week. Use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And chirp number one, Jake DeBrusque, late for a team meeting. He gets scratched in the game against L.A., uh, responds the next night. You know, we've talked about this on another pod, but is this concerning at all to you? It is concerning. Um, you know, he hasn't started the season well, and then he's late. Um, we've talked about it a little bit. I don't think that it's his first offense if they kind of blowing him up uh, in the news and in the press. Uh, to me, you know, that that screams of, you know, it may have happened once or twice before and they maybe they gave him, you know, uh, a couple of uh, passes or, or a pass and, and, and then now it's uh, coming out that it's, that it's happened and it's, it's not a good sign. Uh, he did respond well. He did own up to it in the press and the media. He didn't make any excuses. All of that is good. Um, but you know, you have to worry about the fact that he's sp- supposed to produce for them and he's really kind of um, in one of those down stretches where, you know, Jake can, 
go 10, 15 games without scoring a goal. Uh, and they need more from him for sure. Right. And I think that I've heard that they've done this buddy system kind of system now this year where they pair up guys and hold them accountable, make sure they get to team meetings and on time and all that stuff. And I think that Jim Montgomery, one of his really focuses this year is obviously being a little more heavy handed with things as he was last year. Mm -hmm. And I think he realizes that with Bergeron gone, he probably has to put his thumb on that a little bit more. And I think you're right. I think this is setting an example. The Bruins never really come out and rip guys in the media or, or tell you the honest truth in the media. And for them to say that, and just to come out and say, yeah, late for a team meeting, scratch, punishment is was kind of alarming to me, too. And I think it's a great point. I think that this has to be he has to be a repeat offender or he has to be one of the guys they're making an example of, especially with younger guys in the in the locker room with Beecher and Patra and, mm-hmm. you know, and new guys in the, in the locker room, too, uh, where you have to sort of lay the law down. And I think that this is a good point. Um, and, you know, Montgomery was a, you know, he's a recovering alcoholic he was you know he's a guy that you know if guys are out at night and and this type of thing and he just needs to button that thing up and i think he's more focused on it because of his own experiences so i think that this is a this is a good point that i think it's debrusque probably being um you know just kind of loose with being late and he says he's not a morning person but jesus it's you know it's it's hockey, like you, the games are at seven o'clock at night. Right, like you know it's so I it, it's uh and he's twenty he'll be twenty seven like it's not like he's nineteen right either so this is kind of this is kind of a who you are thing and if he's looking for a new contract you know I, I wouldn't put it by the Bruins to go to the to the table and say hey <laughs> we've had to discipline you a couple of times you made a trade request mm-hmm. you know we've had to manage you you know. And and this can't be good for him. And it'll be interesting to see how I still think they'll resign him, but I wonder what he would what he gets now on the open market because of these types of things. Can you really rely on him at the end of the day? And and again, he hasn't performed that well. And he, he responded okay, had an assist, had played with some jump the, the night he came back, but still not the not the threat that he was last year, the last couple of years. And uh, needs to get on the board. Needs to be more seen out there. Um, so I think this is a. I'm I'm a little concerned too, just because I think it's the whole makeup. I think it's the whole picture. And I like Jake, and he seems to be a likable guy. And his teammates love him because they yeah. got behind him when he was requesting all sorts of trades. And he's miserable, and he wants out. And the players still loved him, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I don't think it's a bad guy situation. I think it's, you know, you just need to have some more discipline. You know, it's not, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes. Um, all right, chirp number two, Matt Potra, first three goals in the National Hockey League. I mean, he has to stay now, right? And not only because he's performed, but because who the hell else do you put there <laughs> if, he, if you send him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does have to stay. I mean, it's not like you can move Patrick Brown up to the second line center and play with those people. No. I mean, he has four, what, four points in six games. I mean, you can't send the kid down when he's producing at the NHL level. I mean, he single-handedly won the, won the Ducks game for them and, you know, scores a big goal in the Chicago game too. I mean, he's not just scoring when it's a blowout. It, you know, the games are tight and he's making plays uh, that help the team win games. So you can't get rid of a guy who's helping the team win games. It just doesn't set a good example for anybody. Yeah, this guy is helping us win, but we're going to send him back to juniors now so he can play in, in golf 
and uh, you know, set the assist record. Like, mm. you know, let's have them help to help the big club uh, win important hockey games instead. Yeah, three three goals and eleven shots, twenty seven percent. He's third on the team in in uh, in goals, uh, expected goals percentage. He's He's about he's a little under fifty uh, percent now on faceoffs, but he's been uh, he's been really good. He's playing about fourteen and a half minutes a game, and he's been real noticeable out there. And and again, he was a big factor in the last two wins. And without absolutely, him, boy, they have even less offensive explosion. Like I don't know, even, like you're right. I don't know who the hell do you put there. Uh, you can't bump. You don't move Geeky in there and bump guys up, and you're going to be really thin offensively if you don't have him out there. He'll burn a year of the ELC, and that's just you got to live with it um, because he doesn't. He goes back to Guelph. It does him no good. You are a worse team. Mm-hmm. It's just you. Even if you want to send him back because you want to stretch the thing out and 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 not have to do it, you have to. I mean, you have to keep him here. Because he's, you know, he's one of the best rookies in the league. Yeah, right now he you is. Can't just send him. It's just insane, especially when he dominated that league, and he will get nothing out of it. He won't. So uh, here's a stat: among a pool of 654 NHLers this season, Matt Potra ranks 42nd overall in five-on-five high-danger chances generated per 60 minutes uh, at 5.86. So, wow, uh, out of 654. NHLers 42nd in five on five high danger wow. chances. I mean, you, you can't get rid of him. You just can't. No. I mean, no. he's, he's doing too many good things. And, and another thing, and we didn't mention this before, but I thought uh, his LA game was maybe one of his worst games. Right. Uh, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, physicality, maybe he's hitting a wall. And then on the second night of a back to back in the very next game, he responds. And he's done it every single time so far when there's mm-hmm. been a question, you know, his first game was pretty good. His second game wasn't great. Then in the third game, he kind of responds, you know, then he, then he doesn't do so well. Then he responds again. He's whenever there's a challenge or a question of whether you think he belongs here, he responds. And, mm-hmm. and if that's going to be the case, he has to stay. He just does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think people are, Already trying to compare him to Bergeron. I think it's more of a Krejci thing because that's what Krejci would do. Krejci would have a game. You're just like, ugh, just not much there. And all of a sudden, he'd come back and have three points or he would come through in the postseason. He would he would just be under the radar really good whenever you questioned him. And and Patra plays with incredible confidence for a kid who's 19. He gets, his, gets in there. He's fearless. Um, he's not intimidated. Uh, he, he's played with everybody. It seems, you know, they've moved him around the lineup with different line mates and he's made Trent Frederick look better. Like it's, you know, I mean, God bless. He's really so good along the wall too. And he, yeah. and he wins pucks like you and, and he's a little bit, he's a little bit chippy too. Like I watched a he few is. scrums where he was giving people shoves after and left that he's going to push anybody over or anything. He, he, right. He's, you know, 170 pounds soaking wet, but uh, you know, he'll, he'll mix it up and he, and he, a lot of times he comes out with pucks. The puck seems to follow him around. And with good players, he kind of knows where the puck's going to be and, and can dig it out of there and finds 
ways to make plays. He's really calm. Just watching some of his passes, like between feet and sticks, and and uh, you know he really has really good vision. It, it's just uh, um, you know he's kind of mature beyond his years. It seems, at least in a hockey sense, where he can really see the game and and see what's kind of uh, going to happen next. His anticipation and his hockey sense is really really good for a kid that age. Yeah, and I think the next the next step is to play him more on the power play. Put him try him in the bumper, whatever. Put him in the Bergeron spot or whatever. The power play has not been good. And if he's your best playmaker out there, best playmaking center anyway, then you gotta put him out there more times in the power play, I think. Uh, and he's pretty good defensively. Like he, he's not just a kid who's out there trying to score goals and make flashy plays. He's not Trevor Segris. No. You know, he's out there you know, playing good defense and blocking shots and and responsible, and that's what's keeping him out there too. Um, trip three, okay, even strength offensive zone time percentage, and this is the one caveat I have for you, is that the Bruins are 19th in even strength offensive zone time. Haven't been great 5-1-5, haven't been possessing the puck enough 5-1-5, even though they're 6-0. And they're at 48 or 49.3%. The top team is Carolina at 59%. So they're 19th in even strength offensive zone time percentage. And this is through October 23rd. So it does not include the Chicago game. But it is kind of an area of concern because 515, they haven't been great. No, I agree with you. They haven't been great. And I think. Um... You know, some of it is sloppiness. Some of it's the starts. Some of it's guys probably trying to get used to guys. Uh, there have been a lot of lineup kind of juggling to try to see if they can find chemistry. They have a lot of new guys on the team. Um, they have guys making stupid plays, <laughs> stupid passes, right. blind passes. Um, you know, Charlie Coyle gets away with one in the D zone uh, in Chicago the other night where he throws it absolutely gorgeous behind the back tape <laughs> to tape to, to Connor Bedard who rips one top shelf. I mean, if he was on the right. same, if he was on the Blackhawks, you know, it's a highlight reel pass, but he's not, he's on the Bruins and he just threw it into the slot for no fucking right. good reason. Uh, right. they, they mentioned on the broadcast that they thought, the pass was for Forbort, and he didn't kind of jump up in the play. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, that could be part of it. And, again, you go to Forbort not really being um, a no. fit with this team's kind of stylistically how they want to play. Um, but either way, you know, they're not really on the same page just yet a lot of them. So I think that's probably part of the issue. Um, part of it could be winning faceoffs. You know, you get into the offset offensive zone, you lose a draw and they clear it. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. you know, Bergeron was such a master there, you know, he's winning offensive zone draws and you get to keep possession. You get the puck down low, so forth and so on. Um, if you're losing more draws than you're winning, then, you know, you don't have possession, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a bunch of little things there, but they do add up to a concern that they need to be better five-on-five, 100%. Five, yeah, you, how much of it can be like you're you're so conscious of defense now, now you're just flipping it into the corner, you right? Know, instead of trying to make it a play like last year, they were making plays almost to a fault. They'd turn it over, whatever, yeah. but they would make plays to get into the zone, keep the puck, and so forth. Maybe they're making the safe play now, dump it in the corner, lose possession, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's true too. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it is a lot of, a lot of different things. And the fact that you lost two 
really good centers. Yeah. You know, that, that play really well five on five. Like so mm-hmm. that's that's a problem too, uh, but luckily their their power play has been terrible. But luckily their penalty kill has been excellent, and they've been opportunistic. They've they've scored three goals a game, about three point three goals per mm-hmm. game, and they've made a count. They won all games because well, they're only giving up. They've, they've, given, up they've given up yeah seven goals in six games. That'll that'll win you most. Yeah. That'll win you most yeah. games. Doesn't matter when you possess the puck. Yeah. Um, all right, chirp four. Here is a chart, 2022-23. So last season, distance skated per 60 minutes, even strength by defensemen. Number one, Charlie McAvoy has skated 9.3 miles last season. Holy shit. <laughs> That's 9.3 miles, just ahead of, actually tied with Noah Hannafin, the Calgary Flames. That's per 60 minutes? Per 60 minutes. 9.3 miles. So that's 9.3 miles a game? Total distance skated by an individual player during the current season when the game clock is running. Holy crap. A, min- a minimum of 21 minutes of average ice time. Wow. I mean... 9 point... He does... He, I mean, he is kind of everywhere. I mean, he does... Yeah. He's he's all over the place, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Far. I mean... Jesus. Because his 45th ranked is Hampus Lindholm. That's the next Bruin. And then Dmitry Orlov, who's not on the team anymore, but last year he was 54th. And those are your three, three defensemen that represented the Bruins. But that's a, that's a lot of ice time. I mean, that's a lot of mileage. A lot of mileage, yeah. yeah, during your ice time. So you wonder if right. he needs to kind of conserve and pick his spots a little bit more to yeah. – to, uh, Kind of limit. Now who track, who here's a question. Who the fuck tracks this? Uh, like who watches him skate in circles all night long with their with their my map my walk or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> map my skate and they and track this shit. They there has to be some kind of uh you know program or chip in the helmets or some something that Jumper. makes it easy yeah. for them to to do this because it can't be. be just some guy with a hamster wheel in his closet no, like it's not Caleb with his fucking <laughs> Apple Watch. Yeah, no. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Chirp <laughs> uh, five. Bruins have played just one team with a winning record. That was the Kings. Does that temper your excitement at all? Uh, I mean, to a degree. But at the same time, you win the games that are in front of you. You beat who you're supposed to beat. You go on the West Coast uh, on a West Coast swing, and you you come out of it three and zero and four and zero on the trip. I mean, Carolina went out to the West Coast and or the you know did a similar trip, and they came back two and two. And mm-hmm. and nobody's saying you know Carolina's a bad team. So you win the games that are in front of you. The Bruins have done that. You know, I think there's still, like we said just a little while ago, there's a bunch of new guys on the team. Uh, they have a bunch of different line combinations that are still trying to figure things out. Now they got a couple guys hurt. So, you know, they're trying to kind of find their way here as, as the season, you know, gets going. So, you know, any points that you can bank early in the season, especially when teams are still kind of finding their legs and you're kind of finding your identity as a club. Uh, I think that's all gravy. That's, that's all good news to me. To me, and, and, and I'll die on this hill. I like the way they're winning because it's, it's again, it's, it's more defensive. It's, you know, responsible defensively. They're not scoring a ton and not off, you know, five on five. They're not playing great, but they're still winning. Like they're finding ways to win. They're learning how to win when they're not playing well. And I don't care who you're playing. 
And if I can quote the great Red Sox manager, Jimmy Williams, you just got to play a schedule. Yeah, that's all. Got to play a schedule. The uh, schedule right. is what it is. You can't determine <laughs> what your schedule is. No. So if these guy, if these teams suck ahead of you, then it'll catch up to you. It all balances out. You'll play a bunch of good teams soon, but you have to win these games. Like you said, if you went three and three here, then people would be like, "Oh, geez, you know, three and three against a really soft schedule. That's that's terrible." I mean, you're it's being really nitpicky yeah. to do that and unfair when you can't. Short of winning every game eight to nothing, there's nothing <laughs> right. you can do about it. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do about it. They had the best case scenario, six and oh. So that's all you can do when you play these teams. So I get it. People want to be pessimistic and rip the Bruins. And some people probably don't want to believe that they're still good, which I think is true. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people were like, they're missing the playoffs. They suck. They don't have any centers. They're fucking terrible. Their goalies won't be as good and all that. And their narrative was wrong. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they tied the Bruins record with the 38, 39 team for the best start in team history. They didn't even start this well last year when they had a hundred and fucking 4,000 points, Uh, you know, and, and they also um, either tied or or beat the record for a president's trophy winner for the next, for the following season. So they, so they beat that record and they're one of only three teams in the league that are undefeated. And I don't know, it may have changed last night. I don't think so, but it may have. Um, So, you know, they can't do any better than they've done. So no, give them a fucking break. Huh? Yeah. I give mean, them a it's break. Just, it's, the, it's just the same <laughs> typical cynical, you know, they haven't played anybody. And well, I mean, we'll see now. I mean, they've got the wings coming up and mm-hmm. I think that'll be a good game on Saturday. This game right here against Anaheim danger zone. Oh, sure. Yeah. Danger zone. Yeah, it is. Um, this is a, this is a tough one. Uh, chirp six. Do you have to think about splitting up Marshan and Pasternak on the power play? I would consider it just because you can't have two guys out there at the same time turning it over at the level that they are turning it over. Right. I mean, you give the puck to either one of them right now on the power play and they make a bad decision with it. Right. They make a bad decision with it. It, It's it's almost immediate. Like Mm -hmm. they can't just pass it back up to McAvoy or it's always right. like seam pass or Martian will try to hold the thing, hold the thing, hold the thing, hold the thing to make a play. Just move it around quick. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to beat a guy one-on-one in a, in a power play situation when everybody's in a box, like they're waiting for you to do something else. The other guy closes when you're, you know, it, it, it just so many bad decisions. So I would, mm-hmm. I would think about it. Um, you know, maybe you put Patra up on, on power play one and, and move, you know, Pasternak or whatever you move Marshan somewhere else, just split them up maybe for a, for a little bit to see if you can shake something up and, and maybe get them to realize that they're turning it over at an alarming rate right now on the power play. Yeah, that's you know, Marshan is Mr. Low percentage play. Like he'll just fire a puck that has no chance getting anywhere, lose it off a stick, off a leg, out of the, out of the zone. Like I've been saying this about Marshan in the last couple of years is that he's not great on the power play. He's just not like he turns it over much more than he scores or generates a good play on the power play. Now, do they have any depth to go with somebody else there? Probably not, but they can realign the friggin' thing or coach it up a little bit to say, you know, Jesus, Brad, like, let's just not just fire the puck 
some seam pass through three guys that's not going to get there. It's like my high school basketball team that just throws a pass through, you know, three pairs of arms. There's no chance to get there. <laughs> or J- or Jalen Brown last night. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so that's the problem. And, and also their defensemen, are, you know, they aren't super great on the power play either. Like they don't have that defenseman who comes in, gains the line, like can really make a play like, you know, really top-of-the-line, elite, like, power play defenseman guy. They could really use one of those guys. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just – the power play right now is a is a concern. It's going to be all year long because they don't have – other than Patra, their centers aren't real playmakers. Like, they, no. this is how they're going to miss Bergeron Krejci the most is on the power play. And their power play struggles at times. So I just think that this has been an off-and-on problem for a few years now. And, um, and again, it's the turnovers and it's the, you know, feeding Pasternak at the friggin' left slot, you know, the one timer, like overemphasizing that and just not getting greasy with your, you know, get it to the net, crash the net, get a rebound, bang it in, like to simplify the game type of thing. Uh, just hasn't been there. Uh, I mean, and then chirp number seven, Ken, is it time now to address this foolish offsides challenge? That's three, you know, three minutes later when a, a toe is half off the line and half not. And can we go in the neighborhood play on this friggin' thing? Like, and I know the Bruins benefited, but like you said, Charlie Coyle should have been punished for that. Oh, Jesus. Dumbass penalty, dumbass pass. And this, this is just the league taking goals away, which I've said a million times can't happen. No, I wasn't frenzy and Connor Bernard. You take the guy who you've highlighted and you've, you've ball washed all <laughs> season long so far. He scores a friggin' howitzer of a goal and you take it away on frozen frenzy. Yeah. Take it away oh, because Lord. he, yeah, because somebody entered the zone 35 seconds earlier, you know, yeah. with the, by a toe in front of the, by look, I, I hate the rule. I've always hated it. I oh. hate the offsides challenge. I think it's, I think it's terrible. Uh, it doesn't affect the, the plays when they happen, you know, 35, 40 seconds later, like either call it or don't call it right at the time. And, and to me, uh, I have always said this and I hate, review in general i hate it i think the human elements like we're gonna have review like let's have you know a no guys on the ice and we'll just buzz down and stop the clock and 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 we'll call the penalties that way and we'll do all the reviews like that uh, i hate review i think it should be only for goals and even those they get wrong i don't think yeah scoring plays only um and and get rid of all the rest of them get rid of the get rid of the offsides challenge i don't think the coaches should get a challenge i i I don't think there should be an offside review uh so to me you know scrap the whole damn thing um but you know it's not up to me no, I mean, if you're clearly way over the line, you know, that type of thing, that's offsides. But they never miss those. They don't <laughs> they miss, miss no. Offsides. But the problem is, it's either it's either two things. One, set a timer of like within 20 seconds or whatever it is. Pick a time within 20 seconds of the play. Like you can't, it's done. You can't, you haven't, you haven't let, uh, left the zone. You haven't possessed the puck too bad. Like a delay type of thing. Or secondly, in the shadow of the line. Just like the red line, when they give you a little bit more, when you dump it in, same sort of thing. If you're around the red line, he's around the red line, the pucks around the uh, the blue line, then go ahead and it's a good it's a good play. 
like that's that type of thing. But the the it, the essence of the the rule is not to take a, a a little sea hair and see and measure like where the puck was and the it's not that's not the whole purpose of the rule. I thought you could enter the rule. It's not to skate in five strides before the puck goes in. Yeah, I mean, I thought you could. I thought you could have possession of the puck and and. I thought you could have possession of it, and even if your feet went in first, yeah. you would deem to have possession, right? Then, or it's within possession. Yeah, that was so okay. so it I don't look like it to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it should be a neighborhood play like around the second right. base bag in baseball back right. in the day. And baseball doesn't even do this anymore. And baseball is ridiculous with all that. It's like, oh, is his toe right. on it? Is it not on it? Did right. he because yeah. of the review? The review yeah. killed the neighborhood. Yeah, play. I mean, it's right. It is awful. All of it is awful. Yes. Let's stop the game and look to see if the guy's you know spike is touching the base or if the guy's skate blade is is touching the you know the blue line or not. Touching or where the puck is is the puck on edge is the puck over the top of the blue when it's on edge like if you just said it's in the neighborhood who gives a flying fuck let's play some offense then we then everybody would have a much better time at the game again it's not the (laughs) essence of the rule it isn't the rules to not gain an advantage by going a couple strides in before the puck right like this is not the essence of the rule you're not gaining an advantage from straddling the fucking line when the ball's just a you know, see here behind. Like it's just not. It's just not the essence of the rule. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, is live right here in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, you better alert Shane Pinto. Bet, <laughs> bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one or Shane Pinto is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms at draftkings.com slash ma. All right, beauties and benders for this week. And beauty number three is the aforementioned Brad Marchand. And I love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Four goals and an assist on the trip. Uh, seems to be getting back to his game. Not great on the power play. No. But Marchand is, uh, is you know, producing now. And, um, you know, they're going to need all the production in the world. They're going to need him to be a 30-goal scorer this year for sure. Yeah, I agree. They they will need that out of him. I didn't think he was good in the Chicago game at all, but uh, the mm-hmm. West Coast swing of that trip, he was he was really good, and uh, you know, obviously helped them get some W's there. Sure. Number two is uh, the great Matt Patra. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Uh, three goals in his last two games. He has the juice, so to speak. Yep. As rookie goals leaders go, Patra has three. And then behind him is Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Matthew Nice, Marco Rossi, and Ty Carty. Yeah, with two apiece. Two uh, apiece. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, bold prediction for, from this guy. You mm-hmm. know, 
maybe, you know, he can hang in that Calder race a little bit. Um, he's in the running. He's in there. And uh, yeah. I believe right now, I think Logan Cooley, who I said would be uh, up there with Bedard and, and Patra, he is, I believe, the leading point getter right now for uh, mm-hmm. for rookies. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's I mean, a good group. I mean, it's it is. A really good group it is. It's a talented group of, of young guys. And, and, you know, if they wouldn't ball wash Bedard so much, maybe some of these other guys would get a little, uh, you know, a little play, a little airtime, a little mm-hmm. love. So Fantilli, Fantilli with a fucking piss rod. Oh, yeah. The other night for a goal. Like, that was a beaut. Uh, against the team that didn't didn't draft him, mm-hmm. so that was that was beauty. That was a beauty. And then number one beauty is the Bruins goalie tandem of Swayman and Elmark. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. The pairing of Allmark and Swayman is off to a six and zero start. Has stopped one hundred and sixty six of one hundred and seventy three shots faced for a combined save percentage of nine sixty, and it looks like. From what Billy Jaffe was saying, or was it Brickley? One of them said that he heard that the Bruins were really going to ride this group to the end of the season, not move any of them, and then see what happens after the year. Yeah, I mean, you can't really blame them if they're if they're playing this well. Uh, you know, they won the Jennings last year for uh, you know combined goaltending or goals allowed or whatever the hell it is um, as a tandem. So um, you know, they have something special between the two of them. They have a really good relationship, obviously, with the goalie hugs and and all that. So um, you know, if the Bruins are in it, I don't see any problem with keeping them all year long and and trying to uh, you know make the most of it. But uh, if they fall out, they should definitely consider uh, moving one of these guys to, uh, you know, maximize their assets. Isn't it part of the problem, though, in the postseason that the two of them are fairly equal? Like, isn't that part of the issue? Like, the last two years, Allmark has been spelled by Swayman in the first round of the playoffs. One time because he wasn't good. Second time because he had a lingering kind of injury. But isn't it one of those things where you need a guy who's better than the other guy just to ride the goaltender. I, I don't know if it's a hindrance when it comes to postseason. Here's another uh, bold prediction from me. I think the Bruins, if they do make the postseason this year, will stick with the, um, the hot guy. Well, no, I think they'll stick with the, the swapping, the tandem. Really? Yeah. I think they, I think they're going to do it this year. I think the past few years when they haven't done it, it's kind of bit them. And I think that's what the goalies are used to. I think that's what the team is used to. And I think they will stick with it. I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I think they're going to go back and forth and it probably will open them up to some criticism, especially if they lose, you know, when one's, if one's playing good and the other one's not playing good, but I think they'll stick with it. I think I really do. I think they're going to stick with it this year. So a guy gets a shutout. He doesn't play the next game. No, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, wow. Yeah. I think they're going to go. Every other, Boy, just like they do, just bold. like they've done all year long this year. Yeah, I think they're going to go, or last year, I think they're going to go every other. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. So now we got the benders happening here, and we'll go. Uh, number three bender is the league office. I'm a bender. Uh, so the ban on the pride tape lasted barely two weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Travis Dermott called their bluff. And the league couldn't find him because how do you find a guy for, uh, you know, doing something that, you know, most people don't have a problem with uh, and was allowed uh, not too long ago? 
Uh, so right. he called their bluff, yeah. and then they were just like, "Yeah, never mind." Uh, we were just we were just kind of kidding. You can you can do whatever you want. It's cool. Uh, but they just look like, they just look like a Mickey Mouse operation. They look ridiculous. It's, it's, it's dumb. They, it should have never got this far anyways. If they wanted to get rid of the jerseys, the pride jerseys, they could have just done that and just let people tape their sticks how they want to tape their sticks, you know, yeah, military tape, pride tape, you know, breast cancer tape, father's day tape. doesn't matter. Whatever kind of, just let it, let whoever the person is the individual decide how they want to do it for themselves. Right. As long as it's not a uniform violation or, or you know, stays within right. the parameters or whatever, like doesn't give a team an advantage. Like it's, it's, it was an unnecessary rule yeah. that just caused unnecessary, you know, bullshit. Yeah. Headaches for the league, yeah. headaches for the yeah. league and, and players have to answer questions about it. The media is in an uproar. Right. Like it, it just made yeah. a whole PR headache for them that they didn't need. Yes. And, and it was completely, you know, unwarranted. Can we get the fucking offsides right? Can we get <laughs> yeah. The offsides yeah. Right? Let's focus on that instead. Jesus. <laughs> let's focus yeah. on that instead. Uh, yeah. Bender number two, Corey Perry. I'm a bender. He's kind of a rat. He's kind of a rat, uh, but he's, I mean, he's a good player. He has been a good player in this league for a long time, but it was pretty sweet to see uh, he gets beat by Potras uh, for the backbreaking goal to put the bees up to nothing. And then he kind of takes, takes a cheap swipe at Swyman, uh, Swayman late in the game there. And I, I love the response to this by Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk, mm-hmm. you know, it was a three, nothing game. You know, there was a few minutes left uh, and he could have let that slide. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Perry's end a veteran yeah. uh, and, and the end of the trip and end of the shift kind of thing. And he didn't, and he, you know, he got tackled by Perry for it, but he stood up for his goalie uh, and as a new guy and a new defenseman and a veteran guy on the team kind of showing um, how that should be handled. I really like that response by Shattenkirk uh, to Perry who, you know, kind of little rap move there on Swim. We've been saying that about the defense. Yeah. Like- we want a little bit more from them on that. Like, don't yeah. take shit from people. Like, we we want that, and I think that that's a that was a good sign. And it's a he's a veteran guy. You know, we've had our doubts about Shad Kirk. He's at toward the end of the line. He was a good defenseman for a while in the league. Uh, now he's a little older and so forth. His defensive pair partner is not great, but you know he's been okay. Yeah, he's and playing he pretty good. Shot, I think he's, he's really he really is. He's you know. playing pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, and then the number one bender, of course, uh, your buddy and mine, Radko Gudis. Jesus. Uh, he always sucks to me. I, 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 he's just, he's not a very good player, but he's a physical guy and teams like that. He took two penalties and was the minus one in the game, uh, against the Bruins, uh, for the ducks. Um, where were those calls during the series with Florida last season when he was just beating the fuck out of whoever he wanted to in front of the, in front of the net and getting away with it all, uh, I'm still uh, bitter about that. They, 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 I wasn't looking at the TV, and I heard that he got an interference call, and I looked up at the TV like, what? Like, <laughs> he never gets interference yeah. calls. Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I like, mean. What did he have to do to get an interference call? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I really am still bitter about that that whole thing and, and, and what he was allowed to get away with in the playoffs, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they still call, you know, a bunch of ticky-tacky stuff. 
and then they let mm-hmm. that shit go, which mm-hmm. uh, just blows my mind. Uh, I, I mean, jealous. that's the only reason he can stay in the league is because he does shit like that. And if he didn't, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't be on a team right. because he right. can't really do anything else well. So uh, the fact that they let that slide and this guy still has a job in the league is beyond me. But, you know. McAvoy got a call the other night. I think it was Chicago game where it was kind of a hold but kind of wasn't kind of thing. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that. call that. Right. You don't call him tackling guys in the slot, like tackling guys. Tackling guys. Like rodeo yeah. in the slot. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's a, he's a piece of crap. Um, all right. The uh, Centennial Spotlight, we focus on the Bruins history. And you know what? The Centennial Spotlight this week is the Bruins Benders podcast. Oh, let's go. 100 episodes of the Bruins Benders podcast over, uh, this is our third season of Bruins hockey doing it. It started in October of uh, 2021. And um, we thank everybody who listens. Over 230,000 downloads wow. of this very podcast over the uh, 100 episodes. We're now on YouTube. Special thanks to the InsideTheRink.com podcast network and the folks over there. Absolutely. Uh, who help us a ton and our sponsors and all the great fans of the Bruins. And we keep growing every day and we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We, we, we are very thankful uh, for all the people that listen and, and our sponsors and the people over at inside the rink that gave us uh, a platform to do this, that, uh, you know, was, um, was really, really nice and, and a good time. We enjoy doing it. So uh, looking forward to a hundred more. You know what we should do? We should celebrate with beer, I think. I think we should celebrate soon with with some beer. I think, I think that's a good idea. We'll celebrate yeah. soon with some beers, maybe at Lops Brewing. And yes. uh, you know, we have uh should we should we should we should we sell it? Should we should we break the announcement? Should we do it oh, now? You want to break the announcement? Should we do it now or should we should we just tease it and maybe we'll break it next week? Yeah, I think we'll tease it. We'll tease okay. it. But a major announcement. How about this? A major announcement next week on this very program uh, regarding us and hops and barley and and the fine people at Love's Brewing. Yeah, I love it. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, prospect spotlight in this week. It is seventh round pick from 2022. Jackson Edward, defenseman, signs a three-year entry-level deal. Worth eight hundred sixty thousand per season. Edward, not to be uh, mistaken for Jack Edwards, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> ten games now for the London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League. Two, four, and six. Two goals, four assists. And the best part about him, a violent, quote unquote, violent player. Oh, I love the sound of that. Oh, okay. I love the sound of that. Uh, a little violence and a little, you know, six points in ten games. I mean, yeah. uh, that sounds wonderful to me. Give me a, give me a violent defenseman that can score, you know, 25 to 30 points in the NHL. And I am in, I am Absolutely. sold. 6'2", 185. He was a guy who was drafted based on the fact that he was nasty. Like mm-hmm. he was physical and he had 110 penalty minutes last year. Like he's nasty. He gets in your face. He fights. He, he gets after it. Uh, maybe a little dirty on the edge too, whatever. And uh, need more of that, honestly. Yeah, we need more of it. We've talked about it. We need more of that in the system. And a guy like Adam McQuaid, who was a development player, you know, one of the development guys in the league and helps the defenseman an awful lot. 
you know, they need guys like him. And this mm-hmm. guy seems to be more like him. And if his offensive game continues to just come on, like they may have a seventh round pick who's a steal, like who could be someone who develops. And she certainly has the physical game. And we've seen a lot of guys make some money and spend a lot of time in the league, not having much offense, but being nasty little pricks. Sure. You know what I mean? So that, that, that actually has some legs in the league. And um, and maybe Jackson Edwards that guy, but they are investing in three years of of him on the entry level deal. So good for Jackson, and he's a seventh round pick in twenty twenty two. And soon we'll do, we'll do a quick little you know recap. We have our top thirty prospects that are picked again. We've mm-hmm. reshuffled some guys, and we'll go through some of the drafts, the last four drafts. And there's quite a few players there. The, the narrative might be changing on the Sweeney drafts. Might be. I hope I hope it's I mean certainly uh Patra is a is a hit yeah. uh it looks like yep. and you know yep. you have guys like Low Rai and and Beecher playing in the league now so uh Low Rai yep. on the cusp so yep. yeah you know there there could be some some uh some nice you know prospects there that could be um you know coming up with the big club in the next few years that would certainly kind of change that narrative Definitely for sure, and the Bruins will need it. Uh, all right, the week ahead, the Bruins take on the Ducks' danger zone game, uh, the first game back home after a road trip, and it'll be uh, tonight, 7 p.m., Thursday night, against the Anaheim Ducks. The Bruins beat the Ducks 3-1 to one. Uh, just a few days ago. Uh, on, on Saturday, it'll be the Red Wings at the Garden, and then the Bruins play at the Garden again on the 30th against the Florida Panthers. So a little bit of a tougher stretch after the Ducks game. This one's going to be a tough one. This one's going to be, you might see a sluggish team tonight. You might see a team that's a little off kilter. And I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped this one. I hope not, but this is going to be a tough one. It will be. It will. This will be a tough one. That's usually a scheduled loss. Your first game back from a long road trip. Uh, and then you get a hot Red Wings team who, with Alex DeBrinket and uh, has nine goals, I believe, already. Mm, uh, yeah. And Dylan yeah. Larkins has, you know, nine or ten assists already, too. Uh, mm, so right. the Red Wings are, are playing pretty well. And then you get a Florida Panthers team in here who, you know, ended your season last year. So uh, they should have no problem getting up for that game. So, um, you know, a duck, a Ducks game that maybe on paper you say, oh, yeah, that, that's a win. Um, but coming off the road trip, um, maybe not. And then you get two teams that are playing pretty well. So this is a little bit of a tough, tough week here mm-hmm. for them. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how they uh, stack up against a little bit better competition here. Sure, those boneheads who who are blaming them for their own schedule uh, can see how they're playing now in this three-game stretch right here. Right. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise, there's shirts, there's hoodies. Grab yourself a Patra shirt, a Potsy 51 shirt on there. Uh, follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We do game updates. We'll do them again tonight. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. Give us a subscribe and watch us on YouTube. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Our 100th episode. And go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye.